So I looked at 2019, and this mm -hmm. is, I think, a really interesting point. Okay. Oracle was listed as a leader. Oracle. Remember Oracle Commerce and whatever mm -hmm. it was, ATG? They buy ATG mm -hmm. and then World mm -hmm. Commerce. They're, notice mm -hmm. they're off the list. They literally shut down their e-commerce platform. So like in three oh, years, what you went from yeah. being a leader off the list, which I, I think that just is like the perfect summary of how that making these decisions is not, like going with a leader is actually very risky in my opinion. I've been looking forward to this since we scheduled it, whatever it was a week or two ago. We're, we're gonna dive into the magic quadrant, right? And uh, wanna, the like, Gartner, the Gartner uh, image, like the, yeah, let's the pull little it up. graphic. Uh, yeah, let's pull it up. I have it on my computer, but... Um, okay. <clears throat> um, could I, let's see, maybe you could just let's DM see if it I to me or something, just so I'm looking at the same one or... Hold on, if I sh share my screen, can you see my screen? Uh, oh, you want to do screen share? We can do screen share, yeah. I tried yeah. to do screen share, but I'm not sure what's actually happening. Let's see, I haven't done that in a while. Let me see how that works. Share. I hit share inside. Uh, <laughs> so I think I can share. Let me see how I can give you, uh, how can I give you access to share? Is it like, um, does it want a permissions thing or? Oh, it's letting me share. Uh, like uh, I can click share, but then it's not doing anything, which I don't know why. Hold hmm. on. Um, let me just try this up. Oh, did that work? I think that worked. I'm seeing, so there we go. All right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, perfect. Yep, yep, yep. So cool. yeah, I pulled this up. Um, I love, it's actually so interesting to read the details, right? Like, so platform mm -hmm. revenue grew by 22% in 2021, which kind of makes sense um, in terms of like growth and like, you know, people moving to the platforms and, and whatnot. Uh, I think we'll see that come down. I mean, I know we all know 2022 is kind of a shitty recession year at this point. I don't know, but yeah. it seems like that's the case, right? So it's probably going to come down. I'm guessing. By the way, I can't read it too well. If you want to zoom in, um, okay. or if you don't want me to really read it, then I don't. I don't have to. But it's kind no, of no. I'll, hold on. Let me see if I can. Let's, is that working? Yeah, it's a little better. Yeah, it's a little better. Cool. Um. Yeah, yeah. and we don't have to. I don't want to read this verbatim, but like we can just. Kinda, yeah, 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 It's yeah. kind of interesting to kind of like. I feel like no one actually like dives into the details and then so, it's all high <laughs> level it's all BS. yeah so yeah. they're saying by 20 20 percent which kind of makes sense i'm gonna guess next year it'll be more like 10 or 15 percent um just because of the economy and whatnot so here's what i think is interesting some of the assumptions they make um 2023 b2c platforms will be 30 percent less see the, what doesn't make sense to me on that is like I don't think any of the platforms are getting cheaper. <laughs> like, I don't think like mm -hmm. Adobe, Shopify, they're not lowering their prices from what I can tell. So I don't right. understand. Are they saying the platform fees are going to get less or the implementations are going to be get less? Uh, Cause I think they're saying, those 
not true. <laughs> like, you know, right. So they're, they're saying aggregate fees are going to decrease or in like, I don't the know, price doesn't really point. make sense. I don't, either one okay. of those I disagree with. Cause like costs of goods are going like, dude, everyone, everything's going up. <laughs> like how yeah. are they all going to get cheaper? Like, I just think that's just, so I'm gonna that go makes ahead and no sense. A massive false. <laughs> this is this is the roast of the Gartner report that has always needed like, to exist. Explain to me when, like, how has that ever happened? Like, our call, I know we charge more. Like, Trellis charges more. I know my competitors charge more. Like, yeah, yeah maybe you could try and like get yeah. get get prices down with like India and offshore, but then you're basically just gonna end up making that money back or. You're going to end up spending that money on communication, bad development. You know how it goes, right? It's like you save money yeah. on lower rate, but like you end up paying for it one way or the other. So I just, I just yeah, don't see no how sense at all. It says yeah. due to headless. Like, what is that? Even? Like, is if so anything, people yeah. are going to be paying more for, for so that, that makes no I sense. I think whatsoever. certain things will get easier, right? Like certain features will be out of the box. You don't have to like custom build certain things. But in general, I don't think the platform fees will go down. I do think that there'll be like more people will be able to live on Shopify and BigCommerce and those will be like less expensive because of like maintenance costs will right. be down. But like that doesn't mean the platform. Maybe that's what they mean. Right. Maybe yeah. they just mean anyway, people that, will spend less because they're going to migrate from the more expensive platforms to the less expensive platforms. That, 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 that I would that agree with. makes sense. But the way they word this makes no sense. <laughs> totally, totally. and they're not totally. saying which of those platforms are true because by that logic then everyone's going to move right, move to shopify by commerce which means they should be leaders in their report so we'll get into that <laughs> i love it dude. Um, i love how dialed in you are to this stuff 15 percent. i was maybe. just i was talking to ben actually about uh ben marks who, who's a shopper now about um obviously from magento to shopware and he mentioned the magic quadrant he mentioned that shopware has had some some movement in whatever in the right direction there. So we should that'd be that'd be interesting to to talk about a little bit too. You're probably not yeah, working no, yeah I want to go through. I mean, if you think about it, this is actually gonna like we're like, oh, even an hour and a half, we have so much time. It's actually gonna be Dude, hard to go through all it's this. It's gonna be hard. There's so much yeah, yeah, there's so much to roast. It's gonna be it's, what's interesting is they're saying only fifteen percent. I'm not supposed to if that's supposed to be like a higher number, if it's like five percent now as opposed to what? Um they're saying we'll use what, for both. what is it that's going to be 15 percent organizations will use digital commerce platforms to support both customers buying through b2b commerce and then sales reps in all sales activities i mean that still seems like a really small number to me so like is that higher than what it is now or i mean to me b2b is still like so wide open there's so much room for growth there but anyways, let's let's keep going. They're saying I, that I, I apologize. I'll, I'll get on the same wave, wavelength as you quick quickly. But they're saying that B two B ecom platform revenue is going to go up by fifteen percent. No, 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 or, no. They're just saying that they will use the platform. Fifteen percent of B two B organizations will use the platforms to support both like buying online and the sales reps in all sales activities. A fifteen percent of that's not a lot. This is this is a prediction for the coming for 2024. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 15%. It's so very low. Is so, and and you know B you know B2B possibly better than it, anybody I know in the e-com ecosystem we're in. Like it's such a low. weird 
you think it's low. But there's so many of these weird companies, right, that are like selling whatever they're selling and like it's going to take them, the whole digital transformation process is going to take them forever. So like... Um, yeah, I mean, if they mean by like all sales will go through e-commerce and the like platform, then I could see that mm-hmm. being yeah. a small thing. Because like, honestly, some stuff's still going to be on the phone and offline and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I'm not really sure what they mean by that, but uh, anyways, let's. Get... <laughs> okay. So once again, this is yeah. This thing. Can you imagine how much money went into writing this thing in terms of the research? In terms thing. of, dude, just hire me yeah. for like. Let I'll I'll figure it out. Here, honestly, hundred an hour, hundred hundred an hour, hundred an hour. <laughs> Well, I'll, uh, after five o'clock, I'm a hundred an hour, you know, you're like one hour a week. I only have one hour a week though. Um, <laughs> so of digital, um, packaged business capabilities. That's okay. Once again, I not really sure what this means. I it's, think this means it's so weirdly written. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, no, literally nobody reads. They look at the quadrant, they see which direction their platform moved, and then they take that, yeah. they put it into their presentation deck, and they call it a day. Like literally, yeah. they're not like they well based on this assumption in 2024. And yeah, uh, I think it just yeah. means they'll do more out of the box stuff. Um, I think this is somewhat true. IT costs will be less. This kind of goes back to your point of prices will be less because of the SaaS operations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That basically is saying that SaaS is the way to go from mm-hmm. a cost perspective. Um, the organizations offering a unified commerce moving customers will see at least a 20% up, up, uplift in total revenue. Yeah, I mean, okay, so basically just having e-commerce is gonna make you grow faster, I guess. Yeah. Uh, So I'm trying to like, I think these are just qualifications. So there are certain qualifications. Like I think you have to be a certain size, um, and whatnot. Um, so that, you know, like you can't just be like, you can't have like two clients. Like I think you have to be like a certain scale to even like qualify for this, which is why most of these fairly large companies, right? Like it's not, not tiny companies on this list. So Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say, why don't we like pick apart leaders, challenge, let's go like quadrant by quadrant. What do you think? Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I'm going to try. I feel to... like the leaders are just like the safe bet large companies, right? Like three of those are like Salesforce, Adobe, SAP. Commerce Tools is probably like the newest, like not, I don't know, not like a uh, traditional company in that mix of the four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, think and about by it. The way, Adobe, yeah. Yeah. I was just say, um, um, do we have, like, do we have the, the Delta from whatever it was last year? Like, is there a, is there a version of this where it shows where they are now and what they moved from or whatever in the, oh, in the uh, last? I could find that. Yeah. We could definitely okay. do you want, I mean, I, I could, uh, try and pull up, uh, I'm just curious, you want to do that like, while you, on your screen go. So I did do that with yeah, what's I'm funny is I did that. to find. So I looked at 2019 and this mm-hmm. is, I think, a really interesting point. Okay. Oracle was listed as a leader. Oracle. Remember Oracle Commerce and whatever mm-hmm. it was, ATP. 
they buy HDG mm-hmm. and then World mm-hmm. Property. They're notice mm-hmm. they're off the list. They literally shut down their e-commerce platform. So like in oh, three yeah. years, you went from yeah. being a leader off the list, which I, I think that just is like the perfect summary of how that making these decisions is not like going with a leader is actually very risky in my opinion. Um, specifically, oh, yeah. I think SAP is a big risk to go with. Honestly, like who does SAP? Like a couple massive providers and that's it. Like, yeah, it's like you're in such a small window of providers, just like Oracle yeah. was. And I, like, to me, that's actually a huge risk that you're taking versus like some of these other platforms that actually have like a widespread community. I really think yeah. community, <clears throat> well, my, my voice is breaking up. Community is like the most important thing. Don't get nervous. Don't get <laughs> no, 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 Yeah. Just, uh, too much copy. <laughs> I'm kidding. That. No, I'm kidding. Um, Yeah, I think that um, it's funny because there's this massive disconnect between, you know, if I talk to a developer that works with Magento and 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 Shopware, or I talk to somebody who's into Shopify or or a business owner, whatever, like they see this report and they go, "This is all nonsense," you know. But to some uh, people in C-suites of certain size companies, like they pay a lot of attention to this and they want to go with a safe option that they're not going to get fired for, that their board isn't going to complain about. So they, oh, they go work on 2019. <laughs> 100%, 100%. But like for, but like, I think what you're saying, the community, like the combination of what does the partner ecosystem look like? What does the developer community look like? Like those are the things that I pay attention to. Um, and so like, yeah, if you see a strong community, you go, yeah, there's something like, this is the type of thing you should actually be wanting to build on. Uh, but there's this disconnect between those people that are high up in certain organizations. They just want to go for the safe choice. They could care less about the developer. I don't think they actually like understand what the safe choice is because the safe choice right. is what my, what I'm saying is not actually just because they have a bunch of legacy large customers, right? I think the yeah. safe choice is where the platform is going in the next three years. Yep. And, yep. Um, and that's, that's the thing that you need to be really thinking about is like, where's the trajectory? Like, I think Shopify and BigCommerce were both like that niche, play, uh, niche players not that long ago on this, on this chart, right? Now they're high up right. on the challenge list. I got to find I, I, my opinion. Yeah, I got to. I got to pull up the current version of this on my phone so I can see it a little. Maybe you, look at the old version. Did you send me? Oh, yeah. Did you send me the link to this or is it? Ju- I'm just Googling uh, for so it. I had, to like, I had to like go through the form. Like you have to like all the people like uh, put it on my, like put in your email. Oh, you know what? I'll just take a, yeah, I'll just take a picture of it. Okay, cool. Got it. Um, yeah, I mean, the big commerce Shopify thing is interesting. Like for me, when I think about, um, when I think about big commerce, I see them as killing it. I see their growth. I see the way that I see the partners moving over there. I see super smart people I know moving in-house with them. I see agencies moving to them. Right. So to me, they're becoming like the standard for a certain type of a uh, mid-market yes. like merchant or agency but yeah like a b2b mid-market yeah yeah like but that's not going to really be reflected you know no no because you're like oh well i should go with like sap or adobe or yeah yeah definitely and then it also like this is misleading because you're like 
oh, well, like maybe big commerce is similar to HCL. Like who the, who is a fan of HCL? (laughs) You know, anyone on HCL, like, like, (laughs) like eat, like literally like, like nobody knows. I'm going to start asking people. I'm going to start asking them what it is. And I promise you, nobody's going to have any clue what, what that even is. IBM's platform. IBM WebSphere mm-hmm. and it's like a merger of IBM and like they have their own e-commerce and it's like, but it's, once again, it's like, it's just very, like, I think the reason this is somewhat misleading is just because if you're a 10 person business, like you probably are just going to go to Shopify, right? Like Shopify is the obvious choice for like a tiny little business. And then right. it's like near mid market, like you're probably ruling out half these options just on price alone. You know what I mean? Like. So they're too low because the price is too, or yeah, the price is too high. The price yeah. Is too high. Yeah. So it's like, it really kind of depends on where you are in the market. And then I think if you're enterprise, like I'm a big believer that like headless is the way to go. Headless is the way to go. Like, I also don't think, I think headless kind of derails the whole concept of a platform to begin with. Like we're doing projects that are completely custom headless where mm-hmm. it's, um, in some cases, we're using an open source framework called Reaction Commerce, just like a Node.js kind of Heard library yeah, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, because it's like, all right, if you're going to do a custom headless, you might as well have complete flexibility, right? Look at the whole value. You're going to spend millions of dollars. Right. Right. And you want 100% flexibility and not be like, oh, this platform can't do that in XYZ. Right. And to me, this whole market is like in a weird spot because right. you're either going with kind it's of like options or like i really think you might want to consider custom headless once right you have the and it's you know? there's a lot of like there's a lot of apples to oranges stuff going on like you're saying with exactly. even thinking about these so on on the headless one you're talking about you're using the reaction thing on the front end for like a front end no, and on, on the, the back, back end well, that's on the react. back end we're using oh, okay. react react front end is kind of our standard so like and that's going to be okay. the case for most uh like headless builds i mean yeah you could do like you or right. you but whatever, viewer reacts. So you have that whole like standardized right. layer, which is kind of the beauty, right? right? Like the front end is standardized. Right. And then the right. back end can be whatever you want. So like our website right. is actually pulling, Trellis's website is pulling from not, we're mostly pulling from WordPress, but right. we're uh, also pulling from uh, an events platform for our events. We're pulling from a careers ATS. Right. We're pulling from a partnership right. platform. Um, so our partner space is now powered by, uh, a difference to, so we're, we're, and then we're, we're actually going to be adding, uh, some that's cool. Up. So we're going to be pulling yeah. from like five or 10 different things at any one given by the time. That's like well, yeah, I have so many questions popping up about all this stuff. So you guys are going to add e-commerce to your trellis website. You're going to sell we some because we sell AWS managed services and it's just such a pain to get people to pay for like a small recurring gotcha. item. We actually manage okay. that on a standalone Magento site, but we want to make it a more like kind of unified uh, okay. experience and that like all part of Trellis, you know, so we're uh, Okay. And yeah. so then with reaction, uh, commerce, uh, how does that stack up against commerce tools? Cause commerce tools is kind of the main one I well, think of free. when I think about a really, <laughs> truly <laughs> API. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. free. Well, that's a pretty good <laughs> plus. Well, I'm, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm getting some yeah. of these people are hundreds of thousands of dollars on licensing fees. Uh, it's completely open source. You have 100% yeah. flexibility. It's built in Node.js, okay. which we like because you're kind of like getting the full JavaScript stack from front to back. 
um, which means like right. your developers right. like a full stack JavaScript guy, and you don't have to have like right. someone that right. knows right. like right. this other back end that's like maybe not intuitive to like a JavaScript developer. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, it's just it's just very different, right? It's like how kind of like comparing a Magento to like Shopify, you know, right? So and it's, sometimes it's, it's just like you have a developer on your team or somebody that goes, "Hey, this looks cool. I like it. Let's go with it." You're not even necessarily doing a whole competitive analysis against every other product out there. You just go, hey, this looks good. We like X, Y, and Z. No, we've actually looked at like about 30, deep dive into about 30 headless options. Oh, okay. Okay. So you have looked deeply at commerce tools. We've looked at everything pretty deeply. Okay. Yeah. 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 Every once in a while, I'll be like, can we revisit this, guys? Like I try and... Right. Almost do like an audit once a year to make sure like things change. And it has changed. Gotcha. Like sometimes you're like, oh, this guy is improved. So we're going to like take them more seriously now. Right. Because like uh, for me, I don't like I'm pretty far from the implementation details, but I just I see in terms of which platforms and ecosystems and developer communities seem like they're popping and thriving. And to me, if you're talking headless API first, Commerce Tools seems really strong. Oh, I, yeah, I don't really know the details. They're crushing it. Yeah. So let's, let's get yeah. into the leaders, right? They're certainly probably the most like forward thinking in the right, right. place. I think as a leader in that sense. Right. The reason right. we just haven't done much with them is frankly, it's like the chicken or the egg problem. Like one, we don't have anyone using it. And two, you know, I have to friggin, I think people don't realize like how hard it is for an agency to get into a new platform. Cause like. If I'm going to move into a new platform, totally. I need to be able to do it not just once. I need to be able to repeat. Like doing it once is probably a loss for me. Like I'm, if totally. I'm going to, I need yep. to be able to continue to do it. Meaning I need to sell it over again. Are they going to bring me business? I don't know. Yep. at the bottom of the tier of the partner program. Yep, that's yep. a huge like for me. They have massive partners, right? And so, yep, like like getting into a partner program. Like the amount of times I've heard somebody say that about the Magento partner program or whatever, it's like, you know, get at a certain maturity level for a given partner program, you're going to pay money to get in it and you're not going to get anything out of it you're directly. You're at the bottom of the, you must the bottom. Yeah. And then you Which have is, to basically figure out how to turn that into a lead generation channel by exactly. whatever you do, communicating with your channel partner, carving out a really clear niche, blah, blah, Marketing, blah, 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 building your own audience, building your platform. Like it's a whole thing. So yeah, like now if you're at the, at the early stage of a partner program, like whatever big commerce was at a couple of years ago where they were just wanting to snatch yes. up Magento partners left and right, and that was extremely valuable to them and they didn't have a lot of partners, but they they were very uh, probably back back right because we felt like we yep. had a chance on their top partner and I think we're we're moving in that direction right um, right but uh, it's a, it's a very difficult bet because one right. you have to get like projects going you have to train people you have to sell like clients on it but you don't have like a large portfolio in the platform which some people can call right. your bluff like how many big commerce sites have you done like. Or like, let's say yeah. we got a commerce tools project and they're like, can you show me your commerce tools portfolio? <laughs> like, right, we, we, we right. just have to, let's say we did our first commerce tools project. We'd probably just yeah. be like, yeah, we need headless experience, but we, we, we wouldn't like, we wouldn't be able to show them like a commerce tools portfolio. Right. right. Like, right. The same right. thing with Salesforce. Whole, like, I don't do Salesforce, 
But yeah. like I'm competing against all the biggest e-com agencies in the world. If I start doing it, yeah. like why would they go trellis? Like yeah. it's just a yeah. very difficult thing to get into, you know? Yeah, it's it's interesting how platform selection, both as a merchant and as an agency deciding where to specialize is like super complicated and, and everybody has their biases. Cause once, you know, once you're in a platform, you're bought in, you're connected, you, you put in the work to, you know, build out your portfolio. It's your whole business. Right? Like, yeah. If, if, if you're a Shopify agency and Shopify guys, like you're, 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 you're screwed. Are we allowed to yeah. swear on this? Can we, uh, can we oh, like, yeah. oh, hell yeah. Oh yeah, go nuts, man. We can You're get fucked. wild. We can get wild. But like a good example. Yeah. It's a lot of people saw that with the Magento ecosystem changing, which is why a lot of the smaller Magento shops sold. And I think they were right to sell. Yep. The only yep. reason we didn't sell is we diversified into Shopify and BigCommerce. Ballers. Because you're ballers. That's <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're very, uh, we have the vision. We have the vision to expand. And uh, yeah, exactly. But a lot of those other companies just, they were like, you know, it, they, it probably made sense for them to sell because the, the transition diversification was too far, you know? And so, you know, so, yeah. And selling is fine. Like, hey, man, it, uh, you know, getting a nice little exit. That's great. That's, that's cool. But there's something cool about like in a day when everybody is selling, right? It's cool. The companies that don't for whatever reason, because it takes a level of conviction. Like I was talking to Ben Marks about um, the shopware uh, guy. So I'm not trying to pitch shopware so hard. It's just fresh yeah, in my we'll mind. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. For sure. They're on the list. Definitely. <laughs> but, but he was, but he was talking about how the founders really are not looking for an exit at all. They believe in open source. They, you know, wow. and whether it's that cool. or like your scenario where I think it's cool. Like, I think it's cool when people have conviction in, in what they're doing. And so, um, you know, if it, it forces you to think longer term, which is generally, you know, always better, um, you know, and a lot of people, they're stuck in an ecosystem. So they have to sell that thing. They need the license fee. They got to sell X amount of licenses, stay in the program. Yeah, so now they're set. Yeah. And now they're yep. selling you something as the merchant that you don't necessarily need, but it's what they need to sell. <laughs> so it's like, well, it's I think a, there's two it's problems. Merchants go straight to the platform and that's a big risk because when you go straight to the platform, then the platform is going to connect you with the partner. That partner is going to have to sell you the platform because they don't want to mess up the relationship with the platform. And yep. then, uh, you know, if it goes straight to the agency, the agency might not have, you know, unbiased feedback about the options, because like you said, you know, we try, when someone yeah. comes straight to us, we try and be pretty unbiased, but you yeah. know, we're not experts in every platform in the world. Um, yeah. I'm a very up to speed as much as I can be about the options. So I, I talk yeah. about them in the sense, like, Hey, go, you know, go get a quote. You can go get a quote from Salesforce commerce loaded probably going to be pretty yeah. expensive and the agency is probably going to be pretty expensive. Right. But, yeah. um, you know, so and yeah, very, very few, like very few agencies, even agencies who are in theory supposed to be the broad experts on the whole ecosystem. Very few know a lot of platforms very deeply. Cause you kind of pick one, two, three, you go deep yeah. there, you build I mean, out your business. I and you're good to go. Can I throw this out there? Oh yeah. Ready? I believe Trellis, if, uh, something I'm very proud of, we might be the most competent agency that can do complex Magento projects, Shopify projects, big commerce projects, and headless projects. So like, mm -hmm. 
we could do a million dollar project on big commerce, Magento, mm-hmm. Shopify, and Headless. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like actually mm-hmm. execute well at those. When I say million dollar project, I'm talking like international rollout, ERP integration, mm-hmm. custom. Yeah. Yep. Crazy shit, yep. right? Like as and, well as small. And, and like to be clear, you get a lot of million dollar projects. I'm just saying. I'm using that as an example. Yeah. <laughs> No, and I, I mean, I like, like, I, I believe that, like, without knowing obviously any of the details, like seeing your growth trajectory. I mean, I know you told me how many team members you have. I don't know if that you you're comfortable well, sharing that. Yeah, that's what I'm you got, about. dude. You've got ninety people. Like a lot of, like a lot of agencies, you get ten, twenty, you hit that thirty mark, and then you know things. It's 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 very hard to hit that level of scale. Now again. In this industry, if you're doing SAP or Salesforce, you might have an agency that has 5,000 people and that's a totally different beast. Well, they're getting the ecosystem- those, the average deal is like, I think I talked to one of the Salesforce guys, he sold the agency. He said their average deal before he sold the business was like 800 grand or like 900 grand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. his average yeah. like project was like 900 yeah. grand. Like, yeah, it's I like this, us, but <laughs> we wouldn't get many sales. That was our, <laughs> yeah, it's like this totally different world where very different variables drive purchasing decisions. There's a lot of weirdness and BS, but like in our world that has sprung from the Magento community. And I keep thinking of this phrase, the scattered tribes of the Magento community that, you know, you're doing big, <laughs> you're, co- you're in different. I, I think I might actually, I might've coined that, but like in our world, <laughs> like in our world, like you, like trellis is what is like, I, I, like you are having a level of success without having gotten acquired. You know, I think about like friends that I, like they were on a track and they had a really strong culture and then they got acquired and that's cool. Like that's, you know, that's great. Yeah. Um, it seems but to die like, out. Culture just gets kind of sad after that. <laughs> it's like <laughs> positions are complicated. I I will say that for sure. But um, but yeah. So like when you say that, there's something about it that rings true to me. And you know, you were honest about the fact that you don't necessarily know everything there is to know about commerce tools. But at the same time, even just the fact that you can be honest about that, and you go, hey, we can look, look into it. Things. I have my CTO do an audit. I have my director of headless do an audit. But like yeah. an audit is not like doing a project. Like it's still not the same as there's probably shit that's totally. amazing. Totally. Totally. Because we, and we like, yeah. And like, if you would, if you would have said Trellis is the best agency at any e-commerce site in the planet, I would have said that's, that's an overstep, but you specifically <laughs> said, right. Magento, big commerce shop by headless. That's, that's like your realm, well, sure. you know, How and we, we cross train. Right. So we are yeah. building a Tailwind CSS theme for Shopify and Big Commerce. And we use Tailwind on React. So it's like, I love it. Some of the stuff that we do on one platform applies to all of them. Like a lot of the apps carry over. Like a lot yeah. of the e commerce experience. Like it's not like these platforms, that, you know, are completely night and day different. Right. So, and some of our headless projects are on Big Commerce or on Magento or on Shopify. So, like, there's a lot of intermingling between the four kind of tech stacks. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a lot that kind of goes into it. But 
I don't want this to be an advertisement on Trellis. Let's get back to the no, uh, no, no, no. Part. And and I and and I didn't I didn't think it was. And listen, man, like I like I think you should. You know, if you're having if you're nobody can build a business without believing what they're doing. And I think it's cool that you have that level of pride in what you've built. And I, you know, I think it's I think it's I, I'm totally down for it. And if I didn't agree with it, if somebody said something that I was like, eh, I would I I'd push back on it. But, um, but, but yeah, so yeah, so, um, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of, but let me ask you this because I, I don't quite like, I was looking at Shopify big commerce in the challengers quadrant. What exactly does it mean that big commerce is a little further to the right on the horizontal axis and Shopify is further so, to the top? Yeah. I think what they mean is ability to execute is like more sites live kind of like it's more volume play right so like shopify has the most sites so if you notice they're actually the highest on the chart even though they're not a leader right so i think it's okay. more about okay. like the number of you know if you have a lot of successful implementations it's kind of like all right we know you can do this right whereas completeness of vision i think is more about forward thinking which is why commerce tools are so far to the right because they're a little bit further on the head list side. Um, and I think big commerce is okay. a little bit farther ahead in terms of like headless and some of the more kind of forward thinking stuff than, than shop buyers. Although, you know, I'm sure that'll change, but that's what I think that that's, I think the very high level, uh, from my that understanding, but more to it, but let's, so let's go yeah. into like Salesforce, right? They're, they're technically, I would say. And I think that's somewhat justified as the number one player, like in terms of overall, mm -hmm. because they have so many massive clients and they do have like a decent customer base. And I feel like their community is still like relatively strong, although it's, it's not as big of a community as like Magento or Shopify or BigCommerce, but like the agencies that do it, I feel like are thriving pretty well from what I've seen. Mm -hmm. uh, would you agree with that or? I remember talking to a buddy of mine whose agency, you know, did a lot of Magento, started getting into Salesforce stuff. And I was surprised when he, I don't know a lot of people that do Salesforce stuff, but I, a, a, a few. And I remember I was surprised that he said, I thought his developers were going to hate it. Like, remember, we talked a little bit about like, where, where are the developers going? Where's that ecosystem? And I didn't know anything about Salesforce. I thought he was going to say, oh, you know, maybe it pays well, but developers hate it. He goes, the front end, whatever the front end stack is that they that they that they had, he goes, they love it. He goes, they they really? they yeah. And I and I don't know anything about the details. I just remember being surprised that he was like, yeah, they love it. It's great. Blah blah blah. I think the documentation was good. He said it was lacking in like a community, in the way that Magento has this community. It's making it easier to get into. I think that's their mistake, right? Like they mm -hmm. should be like, hey, Trellis, come be a Salesforce partner. We'll give you some smaller deals. Like a small deal for them mm -hmm. is probably like a big deal for us, but like, <laughs> yeah. they, don't really, they don't do that. Right. Like they, they, um, they're happy with their massive provider partner right? program is probably yeah. so like, yeah, huge guys, huge guys. Yeah. I mean, like we would be like one of their smallest parts if we did it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you're 90 people like that's amazing. It's like in the Salesforce ecosystem, we're like tiny, we're like a yeah little drop bucket you know yeah so i'm like i saw i mean i've talked we 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 know uh, a lot of the folks at blue acorn very well like do you remember blue acorn they diversified oh, yeah. into salesforce so 
they kind of did the right. opposite of us. We're like, we went Shopify, big commerce and headless. They were like, yep, okay. And so it was here, but we're gonna go Salesforce, which is even like more upmarket. And I think it worked in some sense. Yeah. But I think it was really expensive painful mm -hmm. in that process. Because like, once again, mm -hmm. it's like hiring for that. Like, it's so hard to hire anyone that knows it. And anyone that knows it is probably ridiculously expensive because there's, you know, like, like you said, I mean, how many like people do yeah. you know that are like worst commerce cloud developers, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's like, well, I don't, it's one of those things. It seems like the ecosystem is kind of opaque. Like, I don't even know if you can use it unless you have a license. I don't really totally I understand it. I just, yeah. Yeah. I think you have to be ordering a license. You can't just like get every truck. I don't think. Yeah. Maybe I, I could be wrong, but. I think, I want to say that's the case. And even just the fact that neither of us actually knows is telling of the fact that it's like, it's not a, it's not like an open, like, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people have moved away from open source, but then uh, even outside of strictly being open source, there's the concept of like, are you an open community? Um, I think yeah. like, I think big commerce might've come up with the term open SaaS or something like that. Yeah, they didn't. But I like, don't think thought about it. <laughs> I think they moved away from it because it was just confusing and no one knows what it means. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I think like, I, and I don't even know exactly what it means, but I, but there's like a, there's a sense in which like, is this any, can I get into this? Can I try the product? Can I tell my developers to play with it? Or do we have to do some whole dance with a salesperson and a partner program before we can even get in the front door? Um, that is you know, is, is kind well, I of like, I looked at the partner program and they were like, how many Salesforce commerce sites have you done? It's like, okay, so I have to like do sites to become a partner, yeah. but how do I need sites from not a partner? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Platforms understand that like they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot because they're making totally. their own ecosystem really expensive when it doesn't have to be, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think long-term they're shooting themselves in the foot. It's one of these things. They're making so much money short term. They have all these deals and all this lead flow and all these huge businesses. They're making a ton of money. Yeah. But long term, the Shopify's, the big commerces, you look at their growth trajectories, they're gonna, they're they'll gonna eventually yeah, they'll eat into it. it. It might take 10, 20, 30 years, but all these like sort of dinosaur platforms with you know, with their closed ecosystems are going to eventually die out. It's just a matter of, of time. Well, I think, I think either you're going to go more custom headless, right? Because if your budget's that big, you could hire a CTO, you could build an in-house team and hire Trellis. Like a lot of our headless clients, totally. they have their own development team plus us. And they can afford that totally. because let's say they have a $3 million budget, you know, a million goes to their in-house team, you know, half a million goes to Trellis. I'm just kind of making up these numbers, right? And yeah. now you could build like a world-class headless infrastructure and wouldn't you yep. rather have that than some, you know, cookie cutter platform that anyone else can buy, right? Like now yep. you have a competitive advantage in this headless. Plus you can get rid of a lot of unnecessary license costs in doing that and then go best of breed on the back end. So it just goes straight into the, the back office systems that you need instead of having kind of this middle layer of e-commerce. Right. So I think that you're going to see like, kind of like you either go that route in the upper market or you go, like you said, the shop five big commerce down market. Cause you want to save money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you're trying yeah, to save money. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that makes you either, makes, you might as well go the obvious money saving route, which is pretty much shop five big commerce. 
right. or might as well go like the best of breed headless route and just have like a badass mm. website. You know what I mean? Right, like, I, right. That, that is the, the decision you have to make. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The thing that I, the, the thing that I don't understand very well, and I know you're a huge uh, proponent of headless is how, like, to what extent are you re having to reinvent the wheel on this whole and, and building out a whole entire front end? And now you got a custom build wish. Not at all. I mean, you can go on our GitHub and looked at our React library. There's Next.js, Commerce, or I'd say in the next three years, you're going to have like a lot of React-based component libraries of all the front ends. The front end is going to get really easy, right? Because you'll have all the components. You just have a bunch of component libraries that are, that are exactly. really easy to use. Exactly. Uh, and then it's just finding the APIs, right? And then, so BigCommerce already has like a starter SDK kit for headless. Uh, obviously, Shopify is already going to move forward with their, you know, what is it called? Oxygen and hydrogen thing. Um, you have like reaction commerce type stuff. Plus just anything with APIs, just plug into the front end, right? So, you know, we were able to like throw up the partner, like we moved to this partner system and we were able to just like put it on our website in like a matter of like a day, you know, right. like totally. our custom, it was all in WordPress. I mean, just like now it's just powered by this like partner hub thing that manages all of our partnerships. So you have like a central it, place. Yeah more partner data it's so, so nice when you can just get like i like uh, this is not anywhere near the same scale but like i i've been working on a new site and i use like a it's like a no code site builder and it it, it, it integrates with Airtable and stuff but like in the like com just comparing to back when i'd write every everything from i'd write a bunch of code from scratch to do something and now i can click a few buttons i can throw up a login system i can throw up a list of records a search whatever it's just so nice, dude. Like what you're describing with the partner program, like you, you just, boom, you plug it in, you're, you know, it, it works well enough. It integrates well enough. And like, that would have been a whole entire project, but now it's just like done. And you can get on to actually thinking about your partner program itself. How can I make the program? Who do I want to actually partner with? What are the right numbers? Like you can just air get the list. I feel like that. That's like gonna play there, right? Like you could probably so into it. I'm yeah. saying the air table on the back end, you know. Oh, uh, it's yeah, it's it's dope. There's this there's this tool called Softer that builds you a website off of Airtable as your back end, and I I just I love it. it so let's let's uh let's run through this. Uh, so I think with this import is like the caution, right? Like okay. every play platform is gonna have its strengths, right? I mean, I think Salesforce honestly great at enterprise sounds like the front end is great to work with they have a lot of huge merchants like you clearly handle like massive scale and large like you know adidas type clients but yeah the it's the it looks like they're they're making some transitions to lightning so it's kind of like the magento 2 thing where you're probably gonna do a bunch of upgrades what's um, lightning it's the salesforce uh like developments kind of like platform so I think they're trying to okay. standardize around lightning, which is smart to be honest, is like what, what they'll probably do is that if you're like a lightning developer, you could work on any of the Salesforce products, including commerce, which will help their ecosystem. Right. When you say, so, when you say lightning, I'm not actually familiar. Is that, is that like some kind of a, it's uh it's like a framework. Um, it's kind of like their no code tool. Um, I'm not like an expert. Lightning, lightning, like, web. 
yeah. lightning web components. Oh, I see. It's it's like web. Okay, it's like UI component. Okay, got it. Got it. Got yeah, it, exactly. It. So I'm sure there's like a development layer below it, but yeah, I think the goal yeah, is yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know it. In theory, you could like if they have it for commerce, then you could do it for like the, all the other stuff that they have. You know what I mean? So Ooh, it's right. pretty sure. But it's definitely smart that I think they're doing that, but that upgrade process, I'm sure, is going to be painful. Right. Um, it's basically like their version of what you were describing with the different React component libraries for, um, uh, you know, little UI components for website stuff in general, but also commerce-specific um, uh, component libraries, which go, which is like the smart move, I think, for a company like that, right, is to is to use whatever the best component for UI components are out there, even if they're open source, right? And tie those in instead yes. of creating a whole proprietary thing, you know, this whole, this whole, whatever, yeah, whatever. The is, like, what do you choose, right? Like you gotta, you gotta make sure you pick the right course. And I think that yep. like, we saw what happened with Adobe, they picked some weird shit that like no one uses, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we, make we make those bets. So like, we're very heavily invested in Tailwind CSS. Like they yeah. seem to be taking over. Oh, they're kind of like, tail yeah. Tailwind is massive. Tailwind, I've, I used it myself. It's one of those things, people see it, they love it. Um, Adam, what's his name? Wade, Wade, Wathan is a genius. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's incredible. And it's, a, it's a, another one of these, again, grassroots things that like maybe the big companies don't get, but eventually they will because eventually it'll, you know, it'll. Well, it'll I think the companies that get it are the companies that actually have in-house developers. So, and I think we're going to move more in that direction as develop, like this stuff becomes so important. It's like, you can't just like outsource everything. You know what I mean? I like, think it's the, I yeah. think it's companies that have in-house developers, but also who listen to their in-house developers. Cause there's lots of companies that have a thousand developers on their IT team. Yeah. They have developers no, like say, they just like drones. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're working on, they're working on code bases. They absolutely hate, you know, it, you know, they work with fun, cool technology and they're nice and weekends on side projects. And they, and they dream that one day their day job would actually <laughs> work with react. Like, oh. Yeah. React and tail end. And it's like, yeah, you know, that could just reality. Like that doesn't have to be a dream, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it seems like where they're, where they're, it's just expensive. And if you have to add some custom stuff. I could see that since it's not open source, I could see that being a problem. And that's some of the same issues you might run into with Shopify or BigCommerce, where if they can't do it out of the box or an app doesn't do it, it can get pretty expensive to like build. You know, right. that's where the Adobe um, shopware or like the custom headless comes into play. Where like that's where we do a lot of upfront requirements capturing because we want to avoid like, oh shit, we got to like build this like custom app for the SaaS platform that wasn't intended to like handle this kind of yeah. Thing. Yeah, like I've I've heard like as hard as it is to find like a good Magento developer, like I've heard, you know, if you want to build something, some custom Shopify Plus integration over the APIs, and and it's not a trivial thing that's handled by an app, it's an ERP integration or whatever it is, like to find somebody that can do that well, knows the APIs well, is is not is not trivial. Like, well, when you build a custom private app, you're like basically build a custom software. So what happens right. is I see this, I see, I've seen some companies really struggle with this is they bought Shopify or whatever. And then now they have to like have a custom app and like, 
Well, you have Shopify, but now you're actually relying on custom software and yep. you're kind of like moving in the direction of like, okay, well, okay. Who's maintaining that as a third party is an agency. Yep. You keep somewhere they yep. have no documentation. They want us to take it over. Someone else wrote it, but mess yep. that we blame. So we've gotten a lot smarter about dealing with that, but, yep. uh, you can see that happening on the Salesforce side. Um, yeah, it's also, like, it's to get mad. I bet you could end up spending like insane money at the licensing, you know? Yeah. I can see that. I mean, it's interesting you put it that way. Basically, whether you're SaaS or not, if you're a certain size company, you're going to be dealing with custom software. You know, maybe it's a... companies don't understand is they just think that they can buy everything. But at a certain point, you have to embrace the fact that you're probably going to need custom something. You know? Right. Otherwise, like, if you throw it, then you're just so basic that what's your value prop? You know what I mean? Like... Right. That someone just copy what you do like super easily. Right. If you could just right. like bias where to just do it, you know? Right. So right. And then know. that's, and then that's where, you know, to the extent that the software is commoditized, then if you're really strong at brand, you're really strong at marketing, um, selling the product and the product itself. Cool. Like if that's your differentiation, cool. But if, um, you know, if it's not that, you're not Kanye West, you could sell. But it's easier and easier, I feel like, to commoditize a brand, right? Like you spend, yeah, you know, 23 grand on a cool, like, brand package and storytelling. I mean, look at it. Uh, going back to that documentary stuff that you're talking about, there's a cool yeah. one on Ant One. Do you remember And One? You know, dude, I don't know if you play basketball or anything like that or your basketball. Uh, oh, And One. It, it sounds familiar. Yeah, I, it's, I used it's, to... it's like a street ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were crushing it. And then Nike came in and just like fucking destroyed them. And they right. just like turned down and sold the company and now it like barely exists. That's so like wild. the point is like brand, I think is also not enough, right? Like you need, I think a combination of brand and some sort of kind of unique operations and custom software maybe that's hard to replicate, right? Because a bigger brand to just say, oh, these guys are doing this. Nike's like, oh, street ball is important. Let's just get all the best basketball players and make a cool street ball commercial. That's what they did. You know, right. like and bigger brand, yeah. like destroy your brand by just putting more money into the concept of brand, the same concept. You know what I mean? Yeah, that kind of makes sense. I mean, basketball and stuff and is such a, and um, sport, you know, Nike is such a, such a unique case. But like, for example, you know, let's say you're selling oat milk or something like that, right? <laughs> like, like well, I'll see well, these oat milk. Are, right? Oatly, they're on Shopify, actually. Oatly, you know them? Yep, yep. I remember thinking about them and it's like, okay, like, like to what extent, like, I don't know if they have custom software or not, but like, okay, some people are into alternative milks, you know, like we're like, my wife is huge on almond well, milk. She got me into it. Right? Like, you need to be really, the really product good itself. Yeah. yeah. The product yeah. itself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like what's, the, what's the milk company? What are, what are they called? Uh, the big one. I feel like there's like the big, uh, hood, hood, right. Is that the milk? Like, are they, okay. Like, we're building an oat milk factory and now we make oat milk. You know what I mean? Like, and we're going to hire yeah. a trellis walking brand. It's called Hoodly instead of Oatly. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. And yeah. And some of the, the question is so easy to replicate. And I think, uh, well, in my mind, it's easy. I think that corporate politics make it hard, right? But 
It's actually yeah. not the part. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's like sometimes the smaller company can come up with something and then the bigger company in theory they could have, but they just don't, or maybe well, it makes more sense. Like 20 boardrooms and convince like 50 people to do like one. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. That's pretty much yeah. what I've learned about being the advantage of a small company is you just don't have the bullshit of bureaucracy. And yeah. as soon as you start creating that, even we struggle with that at nine people, you're like, oh shit, we're like losing our competitive advantage. You know what I mean? Totally. Totally. <laughs> Because now you make a decision that should really only be one person, you know? Yeah. Like when I think about what's happening, when I think about the Magento ecosystem, Magento open source, Hiva, Huva, Adobe Commerce, and all the stuff that they're doing. um, And it's funny because now that I'm going to go to Meet Magento New York and I I, I feel I'm going to be hanging out with people from Adobe. I don't want to be a jerk about it. But I feel like when, <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm just being completely raw and honest, I feel like they're, you know, they just don't get it. Like there's so many things that they just don't. And then you see a small team like, like uh, Hoova, it's like four people and they're just, they're absolutely like reinventing the front front end yeah, like in a way that it should actually brand right like now the front end of adobe is who and just slide them and make it. but yeah. and yet at the same time i hope that they don't sell because even though in theory it would be good for them to buy it and make it the front end if they did i'm sure it would all become a nightmare at that oh, point because exactly, you know, <laughs> it all go to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I think about what happened with Bluefoot. Like Bluefoot, like Dave McCauley oh, yeah. was super cool. It's page builder now, right? I think they repurposed yeah. it in the page. And it was on this really cool trajectory. It was this community project. It was like this small team that built it. And then it was really useful. Everybody loved it. They acquired it, which it should have it should have worked been amazing in theory. And then in practice, it just kind of like and I've heard Page Builder is actually still pretty. Well, Adobe, pretty I think Adobe is in a weird spot where they're going to diverge, right? Like the community is going to diverge from the hundred percent, hundred percent. What I think the problem they're going to face, uh, just the overall Magento community, is that a lot of those people on the open source version are going to realize that it's just going to get too expensive to maintain and deal with open source and blah blah blah, and they're going to just migrate to Shopify or BigCommerce, even if that means. Having one custom app is still probably cheaper than all the other headaches that come with. A lot of people definitely will. I mean, I talked to Willem about this and and he said that they have a thousand stores and he and he wants to hundred X that. He he thinks he can hundred X that. Now that's not yeah. it's still it's right. still a it's still a pretty small market. It might be mostly in Europe, but you know, that could be a decent little and you know, like it doesn't have to be a trillion dollar market cap. It could be what like the Magento open source direction, whatever, wherever it goes, you know, it might not make sense for a lot of people and that's fine, but they could have it's their on it. It's going to become a little yes, bit more. A hundred percent. It's going to become very, very much more of a niche thing, but it could have its own cool little, little community and whatever. And then they can do their thing. And it'll be a lot smaller than we might have wanted it well, to very be smaller. once Our upon a time. That's just the universe. Like I said, we're an analyst. Adobe's actually yeah. in his product. Niche player. By the way, uh, just... I, I'm one of these. I'm one of these weird. I'm one of these weird guys that I refuse to 
call it Adobe Commerce, even though that's kind of the brand and everybody else. Do you do you always like do you not say Magento anymore? You say Adobe? I don't like, know. 100%. I go back and forth. I say Magento okay. and then I say Adobe. And I don't know. I, I'm like, even, like oh. you just who cares? Yeah. I just I something on your podcast where I was just like, who cares? <laughs> it probably was Magento. We know we're talking Adobe. When we say Adobe, we know we're talking Magento. Everyone knows. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. I do think that um, Adobe Commerce will actually become Adobe Commerce, and it's all going to be microservices in like five years. Oh yeah, it's going to be a completely different thing. It's going to be. I think be it's totally all going to be microservices, thing. and it's going to roll up to the headless front end. Yep, you're yep. going to buy and, like, Adobe Commerce, Adobe AEM, like Adobe whatever stack yep just like six or stack and you're just it's kind of like commerce tools like it'll essentially be a very variation of commerce tools that's what i think is that happening yep that actually makes a lot of sense to me and and even though in a sense that's completely at odds with magento open source product and the magento open source like ethos and community i think that direction makes sense for adobe commerce to go that direction and then I think Magento open source can do its thing. And it's, it's cool that it's an independent open source code base and whatever will happen there will be a smaller and more niche thing. But yeah, yeah. I think that that actually It'll makes like sense. like software and Magento will be like, kind of like the two, like, yeah. So, you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think that's where it's going to head. Uh, it, it'll take a long time though. Like think about Magento yeah. too. Like we just launched a site that was yeah. on Magento one, right? Like we yeah. just launched them like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, getting oh, off really? in general, right? Yeah, so yeah. It's like there's still people off in general. A lot, a lot of. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I was, yeah, dude. I like that, and that's fascinating to me too. The people that are going to stay on Magento One, which I think is cool for a whole, whole other side of me feels let's like that's kind of right. Like let's you know let's just never. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah just like, why not, man? Yeah, um, dude. Let's talk about Spriker. Like Spriker is like well, let's, I let's noticed. Round out the leaders. Can we just okay. one minute round out the leaders yeah, yeah, and then we'll go to Spriker? Yeah. And, um, okay, my so bad, my bad, my bad. I think it's just like I think Adobe is going to be a leader for a while, right? Like they're going to sell the big guys and they have a good place in certain big B two B complex stuff, similar to Salesforce. I I just don't get SAP. I don't get why you would ever go that route. I feel like you're just doing it because you're already on SAP and you want to waste money. <laughs> like that. I, I know like, so yeah, yeah. I'll build you something better. Like give me your like five million dollar budget and I'll figure it out. But like they just would never do that because yeah, I'm not, you know, one of the big like service providers. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah. Dude, I know so little I know so little about SAP, the product, the ecosystem, anything. It's well like, it's hybrid. I, you remember Hybris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing about Hybris. I, I mean I've never looked at uh, you know, the code they or like that hybrid. or the, and then, yeah. um, yeah. So it kind of reminds me of what you're saying, where it's just like a matter of time. Like it could be five, 10 years before people are just like, well, there's no community here. Why not? Yeah. It's one of these weird closed enterprise-y type jobbies. And, um, by the way, I know we touched on Oracle, um, and, but that's a whole topic. Like what the hell happened? Like they just closed shop. And I like, think it happened with SAP. That's my, my bet is that Oracle is making a shit ton with NetSuite, whatever their other products are. And they're like, well, we have this little right. tiny, like Oracle commerce. Do they thing. advertise NetSuite 
all over the place. I hear it on every single podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, NetSuite yeah. is crushing. Right? And they have areas that are growing, like NetSuite, and they're probably losing business on Oracle Commerce. They're like, all right, like, let's just cut the cord on this thing and put that money into like things that are working. You know? Maybe and that's it because yeah. so many e commerce companies you, uh, need NetSuite or some type of ERP. So maybe they're seeing traction there and they go, like you said, they just go, let's just double down here, exactly. which actually seems pretty smart to me. I mean, um, yeah. Plus like, there's more back office. They can expand into other apps and things that, you know, like there's a million ways to grow that and like PIM, right? Like they're, I think that these right. companies are better off investing in a PIM than an e-com platform. It's just as a, such a different ballgame where a PIM is like pretty close to ERP. You know what I mean? Like, right. Just like ERP plus product data. Uh, commerce right. tools we kind of talked about. I mean, they're, I think they're leading the way in headless, but I think my concern with commerce tools is like, they're like riding the headless wave, but what happens when all the other people catch up in headless and they have a bigger ecosystem, like big commerce chocolate? Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, who? I mean, the, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, the wild thing to me about the fact that commerce tools is in the lead here is that I didn't even realize commerce tools was that big. Like, I always thought they were a cool company. I, I see Kelly from Commerce Tools on LinkedIn a lot. Um, I think of them as having a cool like developer community, but I didn't realize they were competing at this scale with all the big boys. Like that's actually kind of impressive. Uh, cause I didn't even know about commerce tools until maybe a couple of years ago. And so. Yeah, they definitely are doing well for sure. They definitely made a big push. Um, but yeah, Spriker, I don't know much about Spriker. Like I've seen them pop up. I guess I just don't know why even shoot to be honest. Like. Why would you choose Striker over BigCommerce, Shopify, Magento, Custom Headless, Salesforce, Top? Like, I just, Dude, I don't know. I, yeah, it's funny. I know. It's like, there's so many. How can you possibly have a deep knowledge of all of these? I just saw that. I just realized Optimizely. How is Optimizely? I, I, I actually know that one pretty well. Um, so Spryker, like, do you, so can you answer that? Like, why would you go with so Spryker? Spryker, so, but here's the, the only thing I know about Spryker is that I remember seeing some people in Magento go there. I know Guido Janssen uh, moved there. And then Elena, who was obviously with Magento forever, she moved to Big Commerce. She lives here in, in uh, she's here in Austin. She'd been at Big Commerce for a couple of years. And I just noticed the other day she's at Spryker, uh, which I thought was super what, interesting. Do you know anyone using Spryker? <laughs> like, not you know at any, all. Do you know any developers not, that work? Like anyone? I, I know just like the three people I know who are like to me are like really smart people that done significant stuff in Magento and now they're at Spryker. So I'm like, they got to be doing something right. But I don't know anything beyond that. Like I don't. I've never heard I'm of Spryker a website on Spryker. We're going into a market down for investments going to be harder to come by. I think yeah. half the guys are going to go away on this list. Oh right? yeah. I, I mean, dude, go away really, I think the whole, yep. I mean, the whole world economy is falling going to fall off a cliff at some point. And I think that's, I, I think you're probably right, dude. <laughs> like half of these are just going to disappear. That's what I think. Right. So 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a, I think the visionary, like all those, like I, the only people I know on these are people I'm migrating off of that. <laughs> That's all I know. Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I know well, I'm not going to name them, but we're migrating off some of these these names in the, in the visionary quadrant. Right, uh, right, 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 right. American companies, so they have like a South American presence. But I okay. think the bigger companies are just going to expand like shop plants to that market, take over. So yep. I don't know. I mean, you see Elastic Path going down. I feel like they're just going to fizzle out because like, why would you choose them over like commerce tools or whatever? I don't know. And then Horizon yeah. uh, is interesting because they have a they bought a platform called Insight. Insight oh, had a very okay. they had a very strong niche in B two B distribution, and I do a lot of work in B two B distribution. It's uh, really hard. It's really hard. Uh, and so uh, they really doubled down on that. I think they have that niche. But once again, now they're like merged into Optimizely. They also bought a, another CMS tool. So it's like mm-hmm. a multiple mergers. So my guess is it's going to be a big mess and it's probably, right. uh, you don't really have much of an it'll, ecosystem. Yeah. Right. It'll be, it'll be surprising if they pull it off. But when you say Insight is a B2B distribution, what does that mean exactly? So distributors, relative to the distributors, right? They, they sell to businesses, right? Oh, they don't right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got so you. Mid-market distributors that like do Twitter billion in revenue that sell like car parts or anything you can think of yep. there's like a guy yep. that does in scale yeah and right right right, right 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 crazy requirements the erp and it's pretty complicated and they they've been pretty strong in that market but that's right. all they really inspired right that oh, kind of niche uh so when they say optimized like they really mean insight but like it's really right. like a mix all these things kind of come together so i'm not sure how it's all going to like work together like it's the same thing that's... like yeah that's so strange because I always think of Optimizely as being this like slick, you know, A-B testing tool That's for consumer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but but it's just, I think of it as being this very consumer facing like, like, like tool and the fact that they acquired the most b2b of put the like the most b2b of b2b things it's like so distributors that like yeah <laughs> like don't even like they probably don't have a website to save their life like why why would that be unless they think it's they can a weird really... one it's a weird one i don't know yeah. what's gonna happen with them um I don't know, man. It, so Unilog is also like that, but Unilog is just kind of stuck to their guns and they do product data. And, and, and they actually, I think, are a viable option for like smaller B2B sites because they could come really down market where like even Charles, I'm like, dude, we can never do a site for that cheap in that market. So mm-hmm. I think there's some, some some viability for like the Unilog, the Sonic Commerce that like have this like B2B niche where like it's kind of hard to do that stuff for cheap. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell scale is or Infosys Equinox. <laughs> like, get them off the list. Like, who the hell is choosing a flat? I mean, I don't know. They maybe they have some weird niche that like that works, but I don't like, know. I've never like what is Sona Sona Commerce? What is that? Sona Commerce. So they're pretty much um, honestly, I think what they are is like you Microsoft Dynamics. They're just like a little like add-on on top of it. It's like they they uh, say they're common. Yeah. But really, they're just like an ERP, yeah, plug on, like, yeah, thing on top of that. I just, they have gotcha. no ecosystem, right? So they're good for like, let's say you're a little manufacturer on Microsoft Dynamics and you just like need something to do commerce. They just like kind of sit right on top of it for cheap. 
Mm-hmm. So they're like the mm-hmm. cheap full-time option for like when you don't right. have the budget to do a nice custom like user experience, you know? Right, right. Similar to Unilog, but I think Unilog is a little further ahead of them in that. Um, right. Yeah, I when mean, I think you have a... Is interesting I in say, that area. Yeah. When you have a B2B, like a complicated, like... You know, like a like a like a like a typical B two B scenario. What what are they like? I think of Oro, but like, what are they building on? How are they dealing with all their tie-ins with all their sales reps, all that kind of stuff? Mostly the ERP. This is kind of your your niche. Yeah. The first thing I try and understand is how they do everything in the ERP. So it all starts with the ERP. So that all depends on you know, are they on Netsuite? Are they on Infor, right. you do a lot with Infor, uh, are they in Microsoft Dynamics? So the first thing that I try and figure out is like how they operate with their ERP, what right. state ERP is, how modern is it? Can it get the APIs in a way that can integrate well? And then I kind of work right. off of that and then kind of like okay. figure out what their requirements are. A lot of times they're willing to just have simple stuff. So if it's simple, it's like you could be B2B on Shopify. Most people can't do right. that, but you could do that, right? Like, right. and so... It's kind of like a level of complexity and and how like deep it needs to go into the ERP and how complex their business model is and right. Uh, so I, I if you if you're with systems, that makes sense. So if you have your stu- your data your product data is in an ERP, you've got your descriptions, your images, everything's nice and clean. It's up to date. It's not it's not like spread across multiple out of date systems. And all you want to do is sell those products, boom, you, you tie it up to Shopify, you're good to go. Um, yeah, actually Shopify has a pre-built integration. They've been investing in NetSuite, uh, I think Infor, Acumatica, Microsoft Dynamics. So they're gonna have like a fairly out of the box integration with some of the big ERPs. Obviously mm-hmm. it's gonna be somewhat limited. So like I always tell people like, that might work if you're willing to just like let it do what it does. But if you need some mm-hmm. weird, crazy custom thing, or like it needs to pull in this field that's special to your ERP, then like it's not going to do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 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 So yeah, it all depends. I kind of work backwards from there. Um, but Sana yeah. and Unilot were very much, and and even the Insight world, the optimizely Insight people, they're very much built around the ERP, like commerce model. Like that's how they kind of right. built up their. So like uh, custom price lists and exactly. customer they're specific pulling, pricing. They're pulling the pricing directly from the ERP. I think Unilog doesn't right. even store the pricing, just takes it all in from the ERP. Gotcha. Yeah, that that makes sense. And then you just have to so do it efficiently. Whatever the ERP customer record says. Yeah. Right. I'm sure right. you're wrong, but they look very ERP-centric integrations and focus of how they kind of make it all work, which is that obviously shopware's kind of really more like Magento open source. like. Do you think Shopware will become like the new Magento open source? Dude, so I I was I, I was talking to Ben Marks about this just just an hour ago. We and uh and I, I remember tweeting, I said, um, Magento uh, Shopware is the new Magento. That was a year or two ago. That was before he moved there. It was just based on me seeing the developer community and stuff like that and kind of feeling like it had a similar vibe. And um then he told me that when he went and interviewed with them. They had that tweet on a slide deck in, in, in internally or whatever. Um, but, but anyways, like, I think that, um, I think there are a lot of parallels there and a lot of people are excited about it, but I, but I was talking to him, I was like, dude, 
Is anybody using it in the U.S.? Like it doesn't seem I, uh, like I don't anybody... know a single person in the U.S. I don't know one he person told me in the U.S. There's, he told me there's one enterprise customer that's getting ready to go live. And so he's basically, it's starting to happen. He said the other channel is you've got people in Europe that are on it and they may, might open a U.S. sales channel. Uh, that's what I kind of European, that their best bet Which is makes a lot more them. sense. I think that's their best bet, right? It's going to be pretty hard yeah. to convince someone in the U.S. to go straight on to yeah. Shopware. But like, I figure yeah. their larger European customers will expand to the U.S. or that that's kind of how I see it happening. You know? Yeah, that made a lot of sense when he said that to me. I think that I think that like a lot of people seem to be excited about it. I think that once it starts to pop, it could pop really fast and hard. If especially, you know, the pendulum has swung really heavily towards SaaS subscription. Everybody's wanting to do a subscription payment for everything these days, but that's going to swing back at some point. People are going to go, I have too many subscription payments, both personally and as a business. They're going to go, I want to own apps conflict right like let's say you have 20 apps it all like breaks down you know you've I mean? got 20 different subscriptions for 20 different apps they're going to go and so if that happens combined with them you know continuing to iter uh, improve the product the developer ecosystem grows ben works his magic maybe it pops hard in the u.s at some point relatively soon um, but right now it's like it's funny it's one of those things everybody's excited about it in the u.s nobody actually uses it um and, and there's a lot, it's very German centric. So I was talking to him about how like, I've talked to developers that like it, but a lot of the documentation is still in German. And a lot of the people in Slack speak German. So he told me that <laughs> literally from the C-suite down, they got coaching on English language. They're making a push to move because they, they want to build market share all over the world. So they're trying to bake that into their culture to literally speak more English. But it's, I hear that from everybody. They're like, it's all German. Um, wow. so yeah, it's, that's hard. It's an interesting that's one. I, so let's kind of round this up. I mean, I feel like the visionaries, I don't know, man, they seem like really, I feel like they're almost more obscure than the niche players in a way. Um, because at least the niche players, I think have kind of a path forward that I see as viable, especially for Unilog, Shopware and Optimizely. But, um, the, uh, I think big converse the and visionaries are kind of. The visionaries are kind of random, like uh super random, <laughs> right? Like yeah. B who the fuck's on BTEX, honestly. Like <laughs> some company in South America, great, cool. Like at what point do they realize like, all right, we gotta expand yeah. the US. just gonna like yeah. migrate shop like, buy or something. I don't know. Like you know what I mean? I've been in yeah, like I've been an Oro fan ever since Yoab started it, because I'm a Yoab Yoab fan, but um I don't I don't I honestly thought it was going to pop a lot stronger than it has from day one. And it seems you didn't like. listen to me. It's all ERP, man. I told you, B2B. Remember that podcast right. like years ago? B2B is all right. ERP. You have to figure right. out the ERP. That makes Don't sense. That. And so a lot of our B2B integrations, we don't even store pricing uh, in the platform. We just ship, display the pricing from the ERP. It's hard to do, though. Because so, you want it. Kind of, yeah. But then are you like pre-caching it and, sh and yeah. stuff like that yes. to make it yeah. fast? Yeah. yeah, okay, exactly. Yep. And then are you tying in the user authentication to a, yep. to a user yep. customer record in the ERP? Yep. Yeah, see that, that makes sense. As long as you have a nice little caching layer, I mean, exactly. you basically always need to have a caching layer, whether the pricing is in e com yeah. or <laughs> wherever it is. So it almost seems like, as I'm thinking this through, dude, it almost seems like you want a headless 
a slick site with a bunch of modern components. It just talks straight to your ERP. If and I then you have the CTO, that's what I would do. But like, no one, you know, they, they don't have the budgets, the expertise, the, the people to manage that kind of project. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's and like, it's why do you need? Like, it's, not, it's not like proven in the sense that you could just like point to someone else on Shopify or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah, that's where you're like saying, this now now i see why you're always shouting from the rooftops about headless because for that type of a customer the source of truth um, is already in 10 different systems we're talking about a company with yeah. 120 systems most companies have yeah. 20 30 50 100 systems you know when you talk about yeah. their erp and their email and yep. all the shit so the source of truth is not usually e-commerce for much yep and it's, it's almost like e-commerce in those scenarios is doing less and less and less because like yeah. you could say, well, you need a process payment. You could have a, you could have a process payment with a Stripe plugin or with some other yeah. Uh, yeah. plugin, right? And then your orders, you could send to an order management, your PIM for your pro, like what yep. even, what in that situation, like what even is the e-commerce platform? Like you don't even need it's just it. It's a redundant like, system you're paying a license for. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, maybe we're going to get in trouble for like telling them they're all obsolete, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I but mean, I is, still, yeah, this is what's cool about e being independent. Like going back to what we were talking about, like there's a lot of people who are captured by whatever part or ecosystem they're in. They can't say X, they can't say Y. I like it when people, uh, you know, can, can independently say what they think. And you, of course you're trying to obviously be friendly. You're trying to collaborate with as many people as you can. You're trying to find the right solutions, but there's so many people who just can't just say what they honestly think about X, Y, and Z well, I think because the of problem, the incentives. Right? It's like, we're so beholden to these, things. like, you know, isn't exactly. the whole point to like e-commerce company, like rising tide, I think rising tide raises all ships. Exactly. And if companies exactly. actually just better with e-commerce, we'll all make more money. Instead of yeah. struggling with shit that shouldn't even be yep. work, you know, being discussed because it's just like bias. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I On that note, yeah. And e-commerce have a huge upward trajectory. I, I think. Oh, yeah. People scratching the surface. There's still like random old mole custom sites, weird random platforms that aren't even on this thing. WooCommerce, WooCommerce has like 3 million sites. WooCommerce is on the list. That's kind of wild actually that they're not, that they're not even yeah, on it. Now, now, that now that you mentioned, now that you mention it, it's kind of nuts. I mean, you got friggin', you know, you got friggin' uh, scale on here. What even is that? And you don't have uh, WooCommerce, uh, like you got HCL and you don't got WooCommerce, dude. Like what, what even? Well, cause WooCommerce is really just a plugin. So I don't think they have like a, it's not a platform. It's really like WordPress. Right. So, uh, mm -hmm. which goes to show you that e-commerce can be literally as simple as a plugin. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Where is uh, scale? <laughs> Sorry, I just I don't. Uh, I just want to know the way it's the way it's spelled S C E Y L E all capitals. I've never heard fantastic. of it until this until this. And, uh, and, thing. and by the way, and by the way, if anybody's watching this, we're not. You know, obviously, if you work there and we're talking shit, like you're, we're not trying to be mean. It's just. You, you know, it's just kind all of funny. What we're saying to is, us. you're probably for a new job. That's all we're saying. No, <laughs> 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 
in the nicest way possible. And uh, but you know, and the truth is, like we said, nobody know we don't know the all of these platforms very well. We know them in a certain surface level. It's entirely possible that scale is absolutely fantastic and they're doing everything right and we just don't know. Headless. But that's you know what I mean? Look like it's headless and it's in Europe is what they're basically saying. It looks so like the Europe market is Europe is uh, coming up, man. Europe is coming up. A lot of places hard to do. So like they probably have their niche in marketplace because there's not a lot of um not a lot of good ways to do marketplace. Marketplace is an, is a, is an interesting one. That's a whole that's a whole thing. You've got the miracles and um, but see, like if you're a headless player, eventually I think e-commerce is the wrong way to think about it. And it's really you're just like what pieces of e-commerce do you fit into? Order management, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. It looks like they do order management. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like once things move more headless, you're gonna actually it's not gonna there is no e-commerce in. It's just basically a bunch of systems that serve operational purposes. Payments, order management. That makes sense. Customer that database. makes sense. And each one of those they could be its own ILO where like you could have, you know, your payments, your payment, you know what I mean? So, that makes sense. That makes sense. It's almost like all of these separate functions are getting decoupled. Um, exactly. And the idea of an e-commerce platform maybe eventually goes away. So you've, you've got the separate components and they can well, all talk to end, each other. Right. But the front end is going to be like React and whatever. And then yep. you have the back end whiz, which could be, you know, one thing or a hundred things. In my opinion, yep. if it's just one thing, I think you're kind of like doing it raw because if you only need one back end, then like, do you really need headless? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, right. I mean, it can, it can be faster, but you're spending a lot of money just to be faster, a little more flex. I don't know. I just, I, I feel right. like you generally should be doing it if you have like multiple things at the back end. Well, and then, yeah. and then that gets you into middleware because like I'm hearing, for example, that, you know, a lot of like, for example, it, with different SaaS platforms, you end up needing a significant middleware layer to talk to all the different systems. And that, that's, yeah, we generally that's do that whole, somewhat yeah. custom or actually, I think where that, I see that going is, uh, Azure API management and AWS API management. You know, those like, I think they have like AWS API. I'm not an expert by this. I mean, by any means are. Yeah. I'm getting into some deep waters here like, with, with, yeah. But I think you could standardize in some of these like API layers that some of these like big yeah. cloud things offer. Right. So, yeah, yeah I mean, sense. it's still so new, right? Like I, I think it's going to be a while before it's really ubiquitous, but, um, it's starting to get there for some of the larger stuff for sure. Yeah, I feel like for so long, I heard people say headless, headless, headless. And it was kind of like, it was like, yeah, it sounds cool, whatever. It was like a problem in search. It was like a solution in search of a problem. And when you would ask people about it, they really didn't get into very much detail. But now when I hear you, like fast forward a couple of years and having this conversation, I feel like I get it and I understand why it it, it, you make such a big deal out of it and you believe in it because it, like it finally, the way you're explaining still, it, it makes a lot of sense. Point, like we're not doing small headless projects. We haven't figured that totally. out. Um, one totally. tool that I think up pretty, uh, I think has a chance to pull it off is Showbird Front. Showbird oh, Front yeah. does make it easier. I think that we yep. can do a smaller headless project on Showbird Front. Um, yep. 
we just haven't found the right one for the right kind of smaller size. Yep. So generally our headless projects are pretty large. We're talking half million plus mm -hmm. type projects. Yep. Um, yep. And does the Shogun front end, they basically have built-in compatibility with a lot of the popular Shopify oh, apps. Uh, yeah. A bunch of the apps. Yeah. Shopify is one of the one, you know, big commerce, but they're going to add more and more apps, right? Which is kind of cool because the more apps they add, then yep. you don't need to integrate as much with that or just a simpler, right? And just install yep. the app. And then uh, they make like the front end, they do all the hosting. So we don't have to do yep. all the DevOps. The DevOps yeah. is actually pretty complicated when it comes to headless and that middleware, yeah. like they handle a lot of the infrastructure that otherwise is, is somewhat complicated and they make it really easy to like drag and drop components. So like yeah. the component layer, like what I was talking about with components on the front end, you can actually yeah. manage that in like kind of like an admin, like a CMS. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Layer. And, and, oh, wow. and it, and it seemed to me that not only are they integrating with like Shopify, the platform but they're building out integrations into the apps that you're using with Shopify. So yes. they're integrating yep. directly with Not your Klaviyo, Yep, everything yep. goes straight up into the Because yep. then that's the best of both worlds where you can do headless, but you don't have to build your own Yotpo integration. You don't have to build your own exactly. reviews. Yeah. Yeah, maybe things that are like really bespoke or like weird to your situation you build because it's like your thing, but like the popular stuff is like all ready to go theoretically. Yeah. No. Well, Isaiah, oh, this has been an epic roast <laughs> slash review of the Gartner Magic Quadrant. I'm sure we'll get in trouble, or at least I will, uh, being a partner of some of these. And uh, I don't know, man. I'm just trying to grow my business, do what's right for the customers. And I think ultimately, hopefully that comes back to us. You know, <laughs> I think so, man. I think at the end of the day, you're 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 uh, doing good work and trying to do the best for the end customer. And uh, so I think it's I think it's good times.